Welcome to Sew and Tell, where sewists from fashion, theater, and indie sewing bring their different perspectives to the hottest trends in the sewing community. I'm Meg Healy. I'm Amanda Carestio. And I'm Kate Zynard. Today on the podcast, we're talking about sewing for ourselves. Is it selfish or is it self-care? Then we'll let you in on the stories of our greatest sewing failures. We'll each share a little something in our Sojo segment. Then we'll ask you to share a little something, too. But first, how's everybody doing? We're recording on a Monday this week, so uh, how was your weekend? Weekend was good. It was nice and sunny here in Colorado, so got a little hiking, got a little yard work done, and I am teaching my daughter how to roller skate. Oh my gosh! I am so much fun. In lots of weird muscle areas, Um, (laughs) but I I managed, um, you know, not to crash, and um, and I think we're going to do it again. That was fun. As long as you didn't break your tailbone, I I have done that before while roller skating, and it is oh really not fun. Oh, I'm just too scared to roller skate like outside, especially in the city in Toronto. I can bike, but I feel like I just don't have enough control but actually it reminds me um for Jillian's birthday party last year we turned our loft into a retro roller rink so we pushed all of our furniture to the oh walls my gosh. and we That's got a disco so ball awesome. and people brought uh roller skates and we t- and it was so much fun it was so it, fun it was really Meg fun. you have yeah. the best parties seriously <laughs> yes we we do we do yeah, it's, yeah and this weekend actually speaking of our weekends I had two birthday parties to go to so didn't get any sewing done, but just lots of fun and, you know, visiting with friends and family. So I had a good weekend and I'm ready to start the week now. Nice. <laughs> I spent some time outside as well because it really was gorgeous here. Uh, we got some uh, cool weather planting done. So I've got some uh, broccoli and Brussels sprouts and carrots and radishes planted. And hopefully those won't die. We'll see. <laughs> it's a little early for planting here, but... Uh, by the time it's actually good to plant, usually stuff like that, it's too hot for them. So we're going to we're gonna see how it goes. Um, oh. I did not get any sewing done either, but I did get a little fabric shopping done. But we'll talk about that in the Sojo. Oh, oh nice. Right. Oh, just first of all, I'm just so jealous that you guys have like yard Sunshine. work and like outdoor yeah. space to do. Like we have not even a balcony at our place. It's just... I'd love a garden one day. Yeah, but oh, you got to yeah. you got to have a roller skating party. I mean, so, they're trade offs. Yeah, you know what? That that is true. Now <laughs> that I think of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the little pros and cons. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, should we just j- jump into Let's our first discussion segment? Yeah. Awesome. So, sewing can be much more than creating a new wardrobe piece. It can certainly have healing qualities and act as self-care. But why is the term selfish sewing often used? Women can feel pressure for putting others first and taking care of the needs of their businesses and families before their own. And perhaps a little sewing time is just the outlet to unwind. And there was a piece that you guys pointed um, me in the direction of, of Abby Glassenberg in the April-May 2018 issue of Sew News. And it was leaning towards the phrase of selfish sewing is actually not the best term to use in terms of self-care for sewing. So what what do you got what are your guys' take on that? Should we stop using the term selfish sewing in this kind of space? Or do you think hmm. that they're different at all or 
I don't know. What's, what's your take on that? I don't know. I think that there's such a, seg- a stigma to the word mm-hmm. selfish, yeah. especially as you say, when it comes to women and, mm-hmm. you know, we're supposed to be just giving and giving and giving and we're always supposed to be thinking about other yeah. people above ourselves. And that's not really fair because we're people too and we deserve to spend some time thinking about ourselves. So um, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the word selfish in this in this context. I think it's mm-hmm. I, I think it's a way of kind of insulting something that you're doing for yourself. Like it, yeah. For me, it's like selfish is like I don't know the word. It's like you shouldn't be doing it. You're being like right. It's it's yeah. saying that this is this is a thing you shouldn't be doing. You should be doing something for someone else instead of something for yourself. And I mm-hmm. kind of hate that. <laughs> Absolutely. I think my first kind of um, exposure to that kind of language was more on the unselfish sewing side of things. So you would see a lot of um, people tagging things that they had made for their kids or, you know, other people in their family. And it would say unselfish sewing. So, you know, that was kind of um, just making you assume that everything else that they had done for themselves was on the flip side was selfish and I kind of think that, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that term on its own, um, but it's it's kind of like maybe we should just embrace that and be okay with this kind of selfish, um, self-focused thing that we're doing that is, um, you know, in the end, you know, going to maybe produce something beautiful, but also kind of serve ourselves and our mental health in positive ways. So, you know, it's it's not so much the term um, because I do think that there is room to, like, take that on and make it a positive thing rather than a negative thing. But I do think, mm-hmm. um, you know, this the stigma is the thing that I really have the problem with, that, um, that, that sewing for yourself is, um, I don't know, is kind of vain and, um, I don't know, it, and it is a bad thing in that way. Like, why don't we just embrace it and um, mm-hmm. and see the the good there? Well, and I I totally agree with the need to embrace uh, your sewing for yourself. I'm just I don't know if selfish is a word that can be reclaimed. It's true, honestly, it's because true. it has such a. I mean, it is a negative word. It's always a negative word, um, and so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But so I agree with you on one hand and on the other yeah. hand, I don't. Yeah, it's it's a hard it's hard to take back a word that has so much negative. I must be an editor. Mm-hmm. I'm picking at the terminology. True. Yeah, but, but I think the point is here too that the words matter. Yeah. Um, as Abby pointed out, yeah. you know mm-hmm. that the way that we're talking about this, this is our you know for a lot of us, it's a hobby and a creative outlet and our chance to kind of. Um, just take a breather from the rest of the crazy aspects of life. And for mm-hmm. some of it's us, it's our profession. And so, yeah. and we're, you know, kind of talking about the, it in this negative way, kind of the same with stash and, you know, talking about fabric that needs to be hidden mm-hmm. away and like being embarrassed because you have a lot of fabric. Um, you know, let, like, let's take ourselves a little bit more seriously in terms of, you know, how we, how we talk and how we think about this hobby and this art of ours. Mm-hmm. Well, it just makes me think of it's kind of two ways that you can think about it. It's like the selfish sewing in terms of you make things for yourself or the actual selfish sewing is the time that you're spending. So it doesn't matter what, it, it, if it's for yourself or not. So it's like, the, should you be cleaning or like doing, but you're sewing or is it 
you're making stuff for yourself and not other people. I I just kind of think there's like two paths to look to look at it. I don't know. I see what you mean. Being selfish with you your see what time I mean? instead time of- or the projects, you know? Right. Um yeah, because we were talking a couple of weeks ago about how we sh- we kind of feel bad that we don't make enough stuff for our, you know, the men in our life right. and stuff like that. <laughs> and so is that, uh, I don't know. It's just, when as I was reading this article, it's, I don't know, it's hard to differentiate the two. Well, I also think it's, you know, just thinking about sewing. And for people that I know and talk to online and everything, you know, it's never really just about the garment that you're making. Yeah, no, you know, totally. and I think if you mm-hmm. if you look at it that way, then I could see how you would interpret um, like what we're doing as um, something that was very like self focused. Um, but you know, it's it's so much more than that um, for me and for so many people. You know, it's the process. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the creative energy that you are. Um, putting out into the community, putting and putting towards yourself. Um, for a lot of people, sewing is a way to um, kind of to dress themselves and and, and feel good about that, and um, oh, yeah, totally. you know have a good you know um, a positive body image, and um, you know after having three kids um, fairly. Uh, close together, that has definitely been part of my journey. And so, you know, mm-hmm. the time that I'm spending both kind of investing in my um, my sewing hobby and in, and in the finished product that mm-hmm. is, you know, comfortable and, um, you know, just kind of the exact opposite of the experience that I would have going to buy, you know, ready-to-wear clothing mm-hmm. um, in terms of how I feel about myself and my body image, um, you know, that's that's a big part of it. And if if somebody wants to think that that's selfish that's kind of okay with me um on the outside because it is I mean (laughs) it is so much deeper than just making a shirt right for me it's it's mostly about pride I think um the ability that that I have this skill that I can you know make even if it's just a simple tank top like the one I'm wearing right now this impresses my 15 year old niece and that's something that makes me feel good about myself. And some of the things I look at and I am impressed with myself. And that also makes me feel good. So. Yeah, absolutely. A sense of mm-hmm. accomplishment mm-hmm. Um, for me, too. It's, you know, also tied in with being a mom. I definitely underestimated the whole mom guilt thing. And um, that is real and, you know, hard to. Um, hard to balance out with other things. And I feel like sewing provides a sense of accomplishment where, you know, mm-hmm. parenting doesn't always. And I'm sure as <laughs> yeah. my kids get older, that'll become an even more complicated landscape. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, for me, and and also I think I'm just one of those people who, you know, doing something with my hands kind of helps me turn my brain off. And I'm definitely, you know, yeah. the thinker and planner and, mm-hmm. you know, just taking a break from that um, mm-hmm. to sew on button, to to kind of just lose yourself in the assembly process of something um, mm-hmm. is kind of a gift. Yeah. Well, that's why I love sewing so much because I, I mean, sometimes it can be tedious when you're doing certain things. Like right now I'm working through some step outs where it's kind of forced yourself to sew. But you, I mean, I love the act of of sewing the whole, like I love even 
just taking my mind off like my day if I had like a crazy day even like the steam of the iron in my face like just the whole and like (laughs) it's just like all the little sensory things and then you end up with something so unique and you and to express personal style and just for fitting issues too for someone like myself my weight can fluctuate here and there and it's just easy to zip things in or take things out and it's just I yeah so I don't know I'm not being selfish, guys. I just no. Love to say. <laughs> no. No, I know. I know. I, yeah. Well, and that that's part of the stigma, though. The idea that yeah, no, doing know. something it's, that you love yeah. is somehow wrong. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's not okay, mm-hmm. in yeah. my opinion. I mean, I wonder, too, if we've kind of invented this for ourselves. Because, I, I mean, I definitely am skeptical about my sewing hobby, um, even though it is you know, been such a source of good for me. I'm definitely, um, sometimes I think that it, you know, serves as as a distraction, which can Mm -hmm. be a good thing, you know, if you're going Mm -hmm. through a hard time and, and you again, need to like, just take a break, um, Mm -hmm. not think about that situation anymore or, or do something to kind of get your mind off it and allow some time to pass so you can kind of heal. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can definitely see the distraction part of it as a negative as well, because I've definitely sewn when I should have been dealing with life things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm a little bit skeptical there. And the, the other thing that I um, am still kind of working through is that, you know, sewing, it does produce an object at the end. And I think that it is really easy to kind of get into that um, mode. And it, it's kind of like a materialistic tendency of like making something new and getting getting new fabric and getting the new pattern and making something new f- to wear. And, you know, and I, I am skeptical of that um, way more than I am skeptical of, you know, the time that I'm spending. The act of. Yeah. The, yes, the act yeah, of sewing totally. itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I will say too, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm never critical of other people. I was thinking about like long distance runners, don't hate me, long distance runners. I used to be one, but I don't think you ever see someone out there on the road training and think, man, they are being really selfish with their time, you know, like, so why would you think that about yourself when it came to sewing? I mean, it's, it's kind of training. It's, you know, the, the process, it's just, I don't know, we're, I am definitely very hard on myself and, um, Mm -hmm. in that way, but, it's kind of crazy if you think about, you know, other people and how mm-hmm. and their passions and what they spend their time doing and how, you know, that doesn't even cross your mind to second mm-hmm. guess that. Sometimes for me, it draw it goes into a line of isolation, too, which mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. you just say, oh, well, I just need to stay in instead of avoiding some, you know, social situations or outing. I mean, I'm getting a lot better at that. I used to. um just isolate myself a lot and just bury myself in work and sewing and I just oh I couldn't possibly go out but then now I'm like I have all these clothes I need to go out and wear them I'm definitely getting <laughs> definitely getting better at that but um I guess there's always two sides to to everything but yeah I mean because I can see that being a good thing for some people you know mm-hmm. who, people um who have large families and need some time and some space and some quiet and kind mm-hmm. of you know, sewing being the the kind of excuse that you can use to make that happen for yourself. Yeah. Not that you need an excuse, but um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I can I can see the flip side as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you guys, what I was thinking for us specifically, because we do a lots of sewing for our jobs, this is really difficult for me to deal with. It's is sewing something for you that's not for work hard to do. That's really, that's what I think of myself as being selfish. I, I couldn't possibly sew something. It's like not a Berta pattern. I need to use it in some sort of thing for work. So that's where I kind of <laughs> get a little crazy. Is that Then I, that guilt and the selfishness comes in. It's like, oh, well, I could be using this for work. I could be, you know, sharing how I, I uh, stop and I need to take a picture of how I did this little thing. I'm sure people would love it. And then it's just like, no, Meg, just enjoy, like, just enjoy the process. Grabbing the camera every little... I mean, I like doing it. I do it and it helps people. But sometimes I just want to, I know how to do it. Let me just do it fast and let me just do it for myself, you know? <laughs> See, I, I don't, I don't have the same, I don't have the no? same problem. And I think, oh. I think it's because we kind of, our jobs function differently, yours and ours. Yeah, no, that's um, true. Because for me, if there's something I'm sewing that's not for work, it's still going to end up being for work, most likely. Yeah, we will probably yeah. turn it into a blog post at some point, yeah, right? It, yeah, like, like the uh, the Vienna wardrobe that I'm working on. That was completely, that was just a thing that the closest it was going to get to work was going to be talking out about it on the podcast. And now Amanda's got it scheduled in for an upcoming issue yes, of Sew News. <laughs> so it's oh, like gosh. if I decide to do something, chances are good it's going to end up somehow applying to my work. So if I yeah. want to do something, I'm like, whatever. I don't care. It'll be work. Mm-hmm. It won't be work. It, uh, but I will enjoy making it in the meantime. So no, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't suffer from a lot of guilt in that situation. How about you, Amanda? Um, no, I, I think the guilt for me is more, you know, what the ratio is of things I'm sewing for myself versus the other people in my life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and over time, that has that bothers me less. Um, but I do try to, you know, every once in a while work in a project for my daughter, something for my mom, um, mm-hmm. something for my husband. Um, so I think that's probably more the source of, of guilt um, than anything else. Mm-hmm. And do we have anything else that does self-care for us other than sewing? I know for me, sometimes after a full day of sewing work, the last thing I want to do is just more sewing. Do we have anything else that we like to indulge in and self-care to unwind to maybe when we take a break from our sewing project or anything like that? Is there, I know Amanda, you post a lot of books that you read. Yeah. Is that something that you would consider? I've just kind of started a little challenge for myself this year. So reading definitely, um, I'm a big bath taker. And, oh yes, and I mm-hmm. love. Um, I I do like being outside. So those are kind of when I think about like the perfect weekend, I'm like sewing, a little bit of outside mm-hmm. time, and then maybe a visit to the thrift store. Like that's the that's the trio for me that mm-hmm. renders me most happy. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, sewing doesn't actually really fall that much into my definition of self care. I mean, to oh, yeah. some level it is because it's something I do because I enjoy it. So it's a it's a fun activity that I do. It's a hobby. But when it comes to if I'm having a bad day or I'm very, very tired, I'm not going to turn to sewing to make myself feel better about that. Um, I might have a 
have a book. I might hang out with the cats. There are certain there are certain things that I do, and it's usually not sewing because sewing is usually a bit too brain and energy intensive. For when mm-hmm. I'm when I really need to take care of myself, I'd rather get a massage. To be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> so oh, <laughs> I have... love a massage. <laughs> so yeah, so, sewing is not really my self care. Sewing, as I define self care, except in that anything that's not you know work is some form of self care. If you, you think it. of the three of us, did not work. Like, what if we were like, I don't know, like scientists. Like, what if we, the three of us didn't work in this industry. Do you think we would consider sewing as or so? I I was thinking of, I was taking a shower this morning and I just thought, I wonder if I was like had like an office job or something. Like not that this is an office job, but since I work from home, but what if I just wasn't in the sewing industry? Would I come home and like sewing would be my self-care? Because for now it's when I'm done work and sewing, all I want to do is just like watch all the Real Housewives, reality TV, Bravo. Like I just, that is my just epitome <laughs> of, so I just feel the best when I'm watching the Real Housewives of New York City. It's just, <laughs> I know. I think about that all the time. And I, I yeah. have to think that our relationship with sewing is what it is because of the work yeah. that we do, because we work I, in I, it. I, and, you know, I could see it leading either direction, kind of like you said, getting done with a day of work and not wanting to have anything to do with the sewing yep. machine. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, a lot of times it's, you know, spending the day more at the computer and kind of dealing with a lot of logistics and looking at all the new sewing patterns and new projects that come in and being kind of inundated with inspiration. So a lot of times when I'm done with work, that's what I want to do. Um, but it definitely, yeah, if, if I'm tired, um, it's definitely not the first thing that I go to, um, in terms of self-care, but it is, but it gives me a lot of energy and it's, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. My husband, it's really kind of funny, but he will occasionally be like, um, don't you think you should maybe go sew for a little while? <laughs> oh my That's god, pretty funny. And I take it in stride because I'm, I'm like, yes, I really do. You're right. Um, but I do think sometimes it's like, just helps balance me out. So yeah, it's pretty funny. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, actually, I don't even really have to speculate that much. Uh, between the theater and this job, I worked for about eight years in. A, at a greeting card company, actually. And I sewed very you little. Did? Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, I did. I love that. Yes. Uh, shout out to Blue Mountain Arts in Boulder. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't sew very much during that time period. It oh, just, no? I, there were a couple things. Did you know how to sew? Yeah. Yeah. I had been at the theater costume department. So you went theater? Greeting uh, card company. Cards. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. I burned out real hard. <laughs> but... Uh, I love that. Yeah. So, so, and during that time, I sewed, I don't know, maybe two, three, four things in all of those eight oh. years. I didn't sew very Are much at all. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then mm. I got here, and it's like Amanda said, I sat there and I was reading these, I was reading these uh, instructions, and I'm like, oh, now I want to sew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're sitting here, I'm like, I wish I could sew, but I have to keep reading these sewing instructions. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so it really kind of jump-started me into what I've been doing now. And I like to think that if I were to leave this job and go do something not related to sewing, I would continue to sew more. Um, yeah. I, I think I would. 
But that's mm-hmm. all speculation. I can say mm-hmm. that during that that break. Um, but that was also part of my that was also part of my discovery about sewing for myself because mm-hmm. in the theater, you don't really sew for yourself very often. Right. You all. were saying it. Yeah. Once you started sewing for yourself, you're, you never looked back. Right. <laughs> it, it, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I got here and all of a sudden episode. I had this permission to start sewing for myself and start fitting myself and exactly. start yeah. learning because it's a different it's a different process fitting yourself, learning what works on your body than mm-hmm. it is learning how to make something with some vague measurements and then fit them to a body once you've got a body um, in front of you, an actor's body, I mean. And so it's it's a very different way of thinking about sewing. And uh, it's really it's really been a lot of fun. I enjoy mm-hmm. it a lot. Yeah, I mm. think the more I sew, the more I want to sew. Mm-hmm. That's That's my current mode. Mm-hmm. But I don't know over the long term how that'll play out. Yeah, I've I've gone through an interesting um, arc in my sewing. This is probably completely off topic, but when I was in the theater, I was sewing pretty complicated stuff, you know, sewing period mm-hmm. pieces and whatever. And and once I got here and started sewing for myself, I kind of gravitated towards simple stuff, stuff, stuff that was easy. And now I'm starting to get a little bit more into the bird style patterns, which tend to be more complicated, and I'm starting to challenge myself again. So I feel like I needed, you know, those mm-hmm. couple of years there to just – get myself really good on all of the basic stuff. And now I'm like, okay, now I'm ready for the complicated stuff again. Now you're ready for Berta. Now I'm Welcome ready for Berta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I feel like sometimes, cause I, I've been sewing with Berta for so many years. I know we're kind of getting off topic, but just if I go to like any other pattern company, it's just so funny. I just don't even like look at the diagrams. I'm just so not used to like diagrams that I just I don't even look at oh, instructions. Sometimes like, I wish Berta had some diagrams. I have oh to no, tell I know you. that I dress know. I was working yeah. on a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, I'm not sure I have any idea what they want me to do right here. So I'm just gonna fake it and see what happens. And it come, came out pretty well. So <laughs> yeah, the key is the smaller numbers on all the. The corners of all the pieces, they you always match the little numbers mm, together. Okay, Just let them let let them guide you. Let the numbers <laughs> guide you. <laughs> all right. So our consensus is that we should. Stop, not stop using, but just be aware of the term selfish sewing and not think of ourselves as being selfish when we make something for ourselves or we take time to sew. Not even for ourselves, just the time we take to sew. It's it's not selfish. It's self-care for us and i I think we should we should be kind to each other and other Mm sewists and other hobbyists in general and say if you're doing stuff just for yourself and you never make anything for anyone else that's okay that's fine you know what that's that's you get to make that's the the beauty of sewing Mm -hmm. exactly that is the beauty of sewing um just create your own sense of style and size and yeah amazing totally (laughs) (laughs) all right let's Let's uh, take a quick break and then come back with some exciting stories of when things went wrong. Well, we have just talked about a lot of ways that sewing um, is powerful in terms of making you feel good. So I kind of wanted to delve into the other side um, of when sewing goes wrong and the, um, the sewing fails that inevitably happen to all of us. Um, so I, I was just curious when you mess up a sewing project or something doesn't turn out the way that you had hoped it would, how do you handle it? 
So sewing fails. Um, and let's let's get started with kind of what's your best or worst or most recent sewing fail, Kate? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Yes, I am. All right. Uh-huh. Well, honestly, I I feel like I I feel like I should have something very big and dramatic, but all I've got is a couple little things I can think of. Um, there was the gallery dress I made out of flannel um, last a uh, year and a half ago, which was not a good plan because I had to wear. I think I've talked about this before. I had to wear it with leggings, and then it stuck right. to the leggings, and it bunched up, and it was very uncomfortable to wear. So there was that. That was an easy fix, though. That one I cut off and made it into a tunic and then wore it all winter. I love and that I love fix. It. That's <laughs> I know, my favorite. It was so good. Um, and then I made three more uh, in flannel because that was so good. Um, there was a Kaylee tunic I made about the same time, also out of flannel. The Kaylee tunic, I can't remember. So serendipity. So serendipity. That's mm-hmm. right. It turns out that pattern is not made to fit me. It did not sit on my body right. It's still somewhere at my house, having never been worn and probably never will be. It just, the waist was too short, and I am so short-waisted, I have no idea what happened. Hmm. Um, but it's it's very uncomfortable for me personally, and so that one was, I made it correctly. It was just not a good choice. And then there was the wrap dress I made. Um and it had a, a band across the bodice top, yeah, on each side. And I managed to put that band on backwards. And I think with the serger, if I remember correctly. So I managed to pull it off. And then I sewed it back on and realized I had done it backwards again. And uh, <laughs> I think I got it on right the third time. But it was... Um, a little chewed up by then, and I don't think I had enough fabric to make a new one, and I was pretty much enraged at that point. So I, I think that's my best story. It's not that impressive. I'm sorry. That's right. Did you finish it, or is it still waiting but for you? I finished it. I've never actually worn it in public because I don't know that I like it. Mm. I, I can't I can't mm. decide, and I've never—I put it on once or twice and then just took it back off again put something else on, so— Maybe one of these days I'll wear it and you can tell me if it's really awful. If it's as awful as I think it is. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, me, pff, I have no sewing fails, so we can just skip oh, along. We yeah. can just move on. <laughs> <laughs> move along. No, I don't. I, I mean, I'm the type of person that I just I can't stop until it's it's right. So I guess my most recent one would be that kind of trench coat that I made that just, I don't know. I mean, once a dog pees on it, I mean, it's... There's no coming back. <laughs> There's no There's coming no back. There's no coming back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to turn it... In. I think I'm going to take the sleeves off and make it more of like a... Sh- and crop it, make it a little kind of moto cream vest situation. Cute. So I'm still not done with it. It's uh, it's more of like a... S- in progress, but... Yeah, I really don't have any... I guess when I'm just not happy with something, my the pants that I posted recently, those kind of wide leg denim pants, I I did an invisible zipper and I didn't quite have the perfectly matching blue to it and it just didn't look good. And I just, I was too lazy to go out and get a new zipper. And so I installed a, a metal zipper. I just make, I just can't put it down until it, it, it works. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of, so, yeah, I don't, I'm yeah. the same way for sure. You're the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like, look at something and I'm like, I, I, I if it's not right, I just 
as I'm unpicking, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm doing this. Like, I always think how much better you're going to feel once this is done and it's actually wearable instead of just going into my closet. I'm not like totally happy with a certain thing. Yeah. yeah. For me, yeah. I think I take it to that way past that point, though, and I'm redo oh, yeah. things and it's, you know, I don't know. It would have been better if I had just left it alone kind of scenario. Oh, I find okay. that happens yeah. a lot. Um, I did have pretty recently um, some pretty awesome velvet nap um, sewing fail issues. Oh, yeah. Where oh, I, yes. you know, cut the front and the back of a pair of velvet culottes. You gotta be careful. The, yeah. the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Went to get more fabric. Cut it wrong again. So um, pretty much just recut and re-sewed the pants like 42 times. And it ended oh, well. No. But then I was like, was it worth it? Okay, probably. Velvet culottes <laughs> are amazing. Um, but I also had um, a Yates, the Yates coat by Greenline Studio. I bought the pattern as soon as it came out. But when it came out, it's it's a pattern that's designed for, it's a wool coat, you know, pretty classic mm-hmm. um, wool coat pattern. And But I wasn't in the mood to sew a wool coat. I kind of wanted to sew more of like a lightweight trench coat style. So mm-hmm. I um, used some olive denim and color blocked it with some um, black eye cat that I had backed with cotton fabric. So, you know, had put a bunch of time into this jacket that, was designed for wool and I was making in denim Um, and installed the sleeves perfectly and they were way too small. So, um, you know, of course I hadn't made a muslin Mm because that's how I roll. Um, And this was definitely a case where I should have. And it was a two-part sleeve, which I just don't work with as much. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, it's, it was just one of those learning experiences and, it was so weird because it, I was never like, oh, man, I spent so much time and now I'm not going to have a finished product. For me, it was all about the money that I had invested in the fabric. Mm-hmm. Like that was the oh, thing. Right. And yeah. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because I'm kind of glad that I wasn't super upset about my time because, you know, I definitely learned a lot. Um, but it was definitely the I was like this is $68 worth of, you know, no project. And, um, but I also don't think I should be as focused on that part of it either. But I did, I had a contingency plan and that was to, um, make some sleeves out of, uh, black Ponte to match the iCat. And it took me a year, but I finally did that because of course I was like, I'm not spending any more money trying to make this project right. right. But then I finally did. And I finished the jacket. I do love it. I haven't worn it very much because we haven't had a lot of like transitional weather here in Colorado. It's like oh, it's coming. Well, it's like this week is like seventy, and then two days later snowing. So um, yeah. I don't know what you wear for that. Yeah, but th- there'll be a couple of days in there somewhere. Okay, where okay. We'll, well, I will wear it. <laughs> but um, but I definitely yeah, it was it was a very good learning experience. But I think a lot of my fails come from picking the wrong fabric. Um, yeah. being lazy about a step and going a bunch of steps yeah. further and thinking, oh man, I probably really should have fixed that when I was in the yeah, moment. Like starting something before you have everything and just kind of making do. And yeah. Just, oh, you should have just 
Get to the store and got the correct size, like this. Exactly. The right exactly. color zipper. Yeah, I don't have any interfacing. Who needs interfacing? Who needs interfacing? Like, that's what I, that's what happened to my trench coat. I had no interfacing. I was like, man, I really should have interfaced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I made the excuse of like, for a more drapey look, I omitted the interfacing. It's like, who it was am a design I kidding? choice? <laughs> that is so funny. Just well, what laying is- it all out there? But I mean, after it was all said and done, yeah, yeah I admit it. Yeah, exactly. Fail. Um, I, w- I was wondering, too, like, what is your response in the moment? Are you, Meg, you mentioned that you were kind of like a, a power through kind of person. Like, yeah. you're not really happy until it's After the way you want it to be. After some heavy cursing. Heavy uh, cursing. There's definitely some will, willpower and some reality TV, which also I put that on. I stitch rip. Makes me makes me feel better. Yeah, but I I just cannot because I know I'll never get to it if I just put it down. Say, oh, I need to. I, I still have things from forever ago that I just need to throw. I'll never fix them. But yeah, I just need to do it right then, and then I'm so happy when it's done. I power through. Yeah, I do yeah. too. I'm kind of like I obsess over it. Mm-hmm. Think about mm-hmm. you know if I if I have to leave it to the side, I'm thinking about all the other you know, possible solutions and, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. really cannot turn it off until, um, until it's done aside from my year long coat adventure. For me, it kind of depends on where I am in the project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, usually if it's the first time I've made a mistake, I will just fix it right then. Um, if it is, if I've made the same mistake multiple times or if I just keep making mistakes over and over, different mistakes, but just on the same project. Or if it's gotten kind of late in the day and I've been sewing all day and at that point I'm getting kind of tired and cranky, then I'll put it down and walk away and then come back later and fix it when I'm in a better mood. Because honestly, when I start to get, when I start to get cranky or frustrated, I get impatient and then I'm mm. not careful enough. I, I rip too fast and I cut my fabric or I um, don't pay enough attention when I'm going to sew it back on and I sew it back on backwards again. That's what happened with the wrap mm-hmm. dress. Um, so it's very much a question of knowing whether I am still in the headspace to fix it well then or if I need to walk away and get myself into the headspace where I can fix it well. Or mm-hmm. I just proceed and I end up messing something up even worse. And then that makes me even crankier. And then mm-hmm. I really have to put it down and walk away because if I don't, everything's just, I don't know, I'm just taking my shears to it and cutting it to shreds and making confetti. I have never done that for the record. <laughs> <laughs> me either. Me either. Um, so how do sewing fails make you feel? I mean, what is what is the, you know, I focus on the monetary, the financial loss, um, for better or for worse. That is the, that's probably the thing that bugs me the most. Um, but, and, and, you know, I definitely have five minutes where I am like, I hate sewing. I'm never sewing again. Sewing is stupid. This is, um, you know, you know, utter despair. And then, you know, (laughs) two minutes later I'm back at it. But, um, how does it, how does the cycle work for you guys? Uh, mine is, it's usually anger at myself. I get mad at myself and I get frustrated. Um, I don't, I I don't recall ever having a major focus on wasted money because I don't think that I've ever messed something up so badly that I feel like the money was wasted except for, oh, it's not even a sewing fail. It's just a stupid, stupid thing. 
Um, I made this beautiful uh, like Renaissance bodice once to wear to the Renaissance Festival. And I made it out of embroidered silk and I hand beaded it in places. Wow. And it was just, it was beautiful and I loved it. And I hung it in my closet right near some uh, hanging um, organizer of office supplies. And somehow some ink managed to, red ink managed to explode oh, yeah. onto it. And mm-hmm. um, I couldn't fit into it now anymore anyhow. But that has always been a terrible tragedy uh, though I did bring it to my, uh, not audition, audition's not the word, my interview here, even with the the uh, ink on it, because I figured, hey, this still shows my sewing skills, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't yeah. show my storage smartly skills. <laughs> but no, yeah, mostly I just get angry and frustrated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And kind of- I think I'm on your page. It's, it's, not, it's not so much like a sewing technique fail. It's just my pure clumsiness of... I have my coffee, I have my pens, my permanent markers, I don't put the lids back on my sewing table. It's just my my clumsiness of spilling and of, you know, I'm not even noticing it. It dropped on the floor and I've been just stepping on my fabric for the past. Yeah, it's, that's when I really get, get upset and yeah. Then it like halts it. I'm like, oh, I should really like, do I recut it or do I you know, get my stain remover out. And it's just, yeah, that's where I, yeah. Ugh, I hate when that happens. Mm-hmm. 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 Or oil from my serger sometimes blots on things. And I get so mad at that. Oh, I get so mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how on that note, how do you get past it? Do you have a go-to plan? I think I've already answered that. I walk away. Walk I put away. it down. I walk away. But how do you get back in the sewing mode like if a if a fail just like time heal it like a or, funk yeah. for you yeah what do you do to get back in the game so for me i go away and i'm grumpy for a while i usually sleep on it at least one day sometimes multiple days and at some point i start i stop thinking about how mad i am that it happened and i start thinking about how to fix it and what the next step is and how to where i'm going from there and at a certain point, I'm starting to feel good about that. So I go down and I fix the problem and I move on. So it's, mm-hmm. it's I mean, it is part of, I, it's nothing I do. It's just, I give myself the space to let it go and move on. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just like a snack away. It's just been eight <laughs> hours and I power through and I, I'm like, oh, geez, breakfast was so long ago. And then I take a snack and then I, and then I fix it. <laughs> Snack always helps. <laughs> nice. I know. I never, I, I just don't let myself, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm always in like immediate fix it mode. I'm not, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, whatever this happened, how am I going to fix it? I can't even just mm-hmm. like sit with my emotions for a minute well and my my brain does not work that way yeah if I try to do that everything just keeps getting worse yeah it snowballs I have to I have to have the space to to calm down and let it go and then of course afterwards I'm like sewing TNT I'm gonna make a boxy linen top and all (laughs) is gonna be right with the world Nothing mm-hmm. will ever go wrong again. Exactly, exactly. I always say, you did it again, Meg. Like, no one will, like, no, like, whatever. Exactly. I, I'm very happy with myself when I fix things. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I ripped out, redid that seam. And just, yeah. Bonus points. Feel good. Bonus Definitely. points. Well, thanks, Winning. you guys. That was, that mm-hmm. was 
really great insights into your creative process, I think. Yeah, I hope some people uh, write in, hint, hint, on Instagram or our show notes page and tell us some of their sewing fails and or how they get over it. Are you yes. like me mm-hmm. who needs space or like Amanda who's just got to do it right then just or else do it's it. not going to happen? <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our Sojo now. For those who don't know, Sojo is what's giving us our sewing mojo this week. So, Amanda, how about we start with you? What's your Sojo? Well, you guys, I I think that I lost my Sojo for about seven <gasps> hours. It was really horrible. <laughs> seven hours? It was more oh, than no. seven hours. <laughs> but seven whole hours. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I definitely just, I lost my momentum and but it's coming back around. I think some these warmer temps are helping a little bit. We had a I think the weather really affects me and my mm-hmm. my sojo. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but as soon as that season starts to change, I definitely feel inspired yeah. again. But so yeah, now because it's seventy degrees plus here today, I'm I'm in dress mode. I'm really I want to make some um, summer dresses. I'm just done with pants. That's all I can say. Done with pants. Done with pants. What about you, Meg? Hmm. Well, my Sojo is just, again, I'm coming back to visit you guys in Woo-hoo! May. <laughs> so I'm in now step out like prep mode. So I really don't have anything to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so just lots of cutting out d- different dresses. I finished one project, which was good. I finished that last week. But now I'm onto these dresses that I'm doing a sew along for. So. I'm actually really excited because I've I've made the dress before and I've worn it and I've loved it. So I'm actually kind of excited. I got like the pants out of the way that they were just like, okay, but I love this dress. So I, you know what? I am excited. It is motivating me to, I still need to get the fabric for it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, I have to do that tomorrow morning, which I love fabric shopping. So yeah, that's my Sojo. I started out so dull and like now I'm like legit inspired inspired. about it. (laughs) That's good. Oh, my gosh. Look what good we're doing this today. All right. So um, after our discussion and our last episode about bag sewing, I decided to uh, move forward a little bit on my newest cork, et cetera, bag. Uh, oh, nice. I don't, I don't know. I think I've mentioned it on occasion. I have this beautiful cork that my mother-in-law gave me that's natural colored but with um, like speckles and like rainbow metallic colors. It's like all the colors. Very and, cool. And um, so – I had to find something that would go with that. So this weekend I got a, a fuchsia canvas. I'm gonna I'm gonna go canvassy and um, this wonderful uh, batik in blue and purple and pink to uh, do the piping, and then this fantastic aqua fabric with gold strawberries on it for the lining. Wow! And um, now I have to figure out if I have any. <laughs> like you said, Meg, I can't just start making it. I have to see if I have the um the interfacing and whatnot that right. I need to go yeah. under it if I have any left over if I need to go buy some new and um also I completely neglected to buy any zippers so <laughs> I need to buy some zippers um but I'm almost to the point where I can start working on this project so that's Wait, what I'm feeling great about now which pattern is it uh the abstract toad again okay cool but I shortened it down a little bit because it's like 12 inches square and it's a little high for me. And since I do fill up my bags completely, mm. um, I need to make it a little mm-hmm. smaller. So I have, so I put a little bit less stuff in it. Um, so I, I've taken it down, I think about three inches. 
So yeah, we're gonna see how that goes. Oh, and I think I'm gonna embroider it too. Possibly a cat head. Nice. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Wait to see it. Wow, that's going to be quite the bag there, Kate. It is. Rainbow sparkles and cat embroidery. It's going to just scream, Kate. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then moving on to our sew and tell segment. Uh, last episode, we asked you, what's your best bag sewing tip? It just flows in beautifully, doesn't it? Um, from my sojo. I did not do that on purpose. You planned it. <laughs> I didn't. Okay. Yes, I did. Let's say I did, because then I'll sound more impressive. Amanda, do you have something mm-hmm. to read for us? Yes. This tip is from So Fearless on Instagram, um, who said, if you go for bottom weight solids with texture instead of quilting cottons, your bags will last longer and look more professionally made. And mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, you know, there are people out there who really love quilting cottons, but I, I definitely like bottom weight for bag bags because I... I have had that experience that they just last a bit longer. Yeah, I've I've mostly done yeah. quilting cottons, and they do tend to get beaten up pretty yeah. fast. So I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to this new canvas yeah. one. Canvas, canvas and cork. cork. Perfect. I think it'll hold up well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So also from Instagram, I have a comment from Teresa Sows. She says, bags have so many layers. Top stitching a wad of fabric is cry-worthy when your machine freaks out. <laughs> so true. Mm-hmm. Tip, denim weight needles. Heavy just isn't enough sometime. That is a really mm-hmm. good tip, yeah, and I'm going that to is be a good using tip. that. Yeah, let us um, know how it works for you. I definitely will. I'm also probably going to be using some um, Microtex because that's supposed to be best for um, cork, but mm. I'll be just oh. changing my needles out a lot. I use leather needles too a lot, especially if working with like a vinyl or thicker mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I, I find, yeah, yeah. I've I've heard people recommend before that when you're using a um, when you're sewing on a, a kind of a thin leather or a thinner vinyl or cork, something like that, uh, denim or top stitch needles are a good um, substitute for leather needles because they're mm-hmm. not they don't punch quite as big a hole. So mm, right, yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have an Instagram comment too from Spin Yarns Make Things, and such a great name. They, mm-hmm. I know, I love that. Uh, they said if you are adding rivets for outside pocket decoration, use leather rivets. The longer post can pull its way through the heavy fabric, interfacing and lining, and will stay secure. Most recently, the bag of the day has been Noodlehead's wax and wool bag, versatile and no zips. Ooh, I oh, like love, that. A, love a good look, no zipper bag. <laughs> I've got to look up that bag because I have some uh, I have some waxed canvas sitting in my mm-hmm. office that I still don't know what I'm going to do with. So oh, maybe yeah. we'll see what this what this is and if this wants to be part of my new bag, a different new bag, obviously. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for your great tips. And please continue to send them in if you would like, if you have any extra things that you think we should know about sewing bags or our listeners should know, because we love new tips. We always love yes, new we tips. Do. All right. So for this episode, we're going to ask you, how does your sewing support your mental health? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let us let know. Let us know. Let us know if you yeah. feel like it is something that is self-care for you. Or if it's something that you, like me, don't do when you need to take good care of yourself, but only when you're in a moderate place. <laughs> <laughs> and we also also let us know your sewing fails. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, those are free. We better about invitations. No, yes. just joking. <laughs> and anytime you want to tell us a sewing fail, we want to hear oh, it. Oh, yeah. listen. We will commiserate <laughs> yeah. with you. 
Pictures um, are also welcome too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I just wanted to mention too that we have a, spew, a few spots open still in our London craft tours trip this fall. Um, oh, yeah. That's October 5th through thir- the 13th. Um, and I'll put a link on the show notes page for more information, but it's going to be a super fun time. Wait, do we know who's going on that trip yet? Um, that would be me. Yay! I'm Amanda's so excited. Going. I've never yes. been to London. Um, oh, but no. No, oh, but there's the, the list for the trip is amazing and including mm-hmm. um, shopping at Liberty of London. I am so, so dangerous. jealous of you. But I feel slightly better because, like, two days after you get back, I'm heading for Vienna. Exactly. So that that that's helping me get through not being able to go on this mm-hmm. trip. But hey, if mm-hmm. enough people sign up, they're going to need two people. Exactly. So you know, if everybody wants to sign up, then you can get us on that yeah, trip exactly. too. You can you just have two thirds of so and tell there because exactly I might be on my honeymoon. Oh, and I think yeah. Julian would not be very happy with me if after our wedding I just took off. You went on a sewing myself. trip. <laughs> Okay. Well, cool. We'll check that out if you're interested. It's going to be a really fun time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, thanks everyone for listening. Yes. That was yeah. fun. Thanks yeah. so much. Don't be too hard on yourself, people. Yes. No. You're Remember, not selfish. you're no. not selfish. You're just taking care of yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. Happy stitching. Happy stitching. For links to everything we talked about in this episode, go to our show notes page at sodaily.com slash sewandtell. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at sewandtellpodcast at fwmedia.com or visit us on Instagram at sewandtellpod. Answer the Sew and Tell question, tell us your sojo, or just leave us some feedback. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. And please leave us a review, ideally a good one, because that helps listeners like you find our podcast. And tell your sewing friends about us, too. Thanks for listening, and happy stitching. Sew and Tell is a production of F&W Media Studios. It is produced by Meg Healy, Amanda Caristio, and me, Kate Zeinard. Our consulting producer is Ron Doyle, our audio engineer and editor is Kevin Mitchell, and our executive producer is Jared Mayer. 